What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? with your boy, The Unstoppable, Mike C-Rock. You can be unstoppable, too. All you got to do is get my book, Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. The forward was written by Grant Cardone. He explains the Rocket Fuel law and what it's meant to him and his business. And then I go on and show you my way of doing it. You got to go get it, guys. MikeCRock.com forward slash book. MikeCRock.com forward slash book. And guys, today, I have a friend of mine I met on Clubhouse. His name is Mark Quayball. You know, look, you got to look for different avenues to connect with people because we may have never met if I didn't go on that Clubhouse that day and yeah. invest some time there. So uh, I want to encourage you guys listening. If you're not on Clubhouse, get on there. Spend some time. Be intentional, but have an exit strategy of time when you're going to get off. But meet people, reach out to people because it's been huge. And uh, I'm looking forward to you know going further with Marquette here and introduce you guys to him as well. He's an award-winning wealth advisor, speaker, and community advocate. He brings nearly 20 years of experience in wealth financial management. He's the founder and president of Integra Private Wealth Management, a wealth and lifestyle management firm. He's also involved with you know professional sports players and the organizations. We're going to get into more of that here as we go into. But Marquette, thank you for coming on the show and welcome. Man, it's my pleasure, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you inviting me, man, and having a platform like this. This is super dope, man. And where are you joining us from right now? Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the home office in Tulsa, man. I've got an office in Dallas and one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But if you can um, recall the last couple of weeks, and both states has been just hellacious in terms of the winter storms. And so I brought myself right on up the street to Oklahoma where the grid was working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a little better situation and structure, man. So well, at, least you didn't, at least you didn't go to Cancun like Ted Cruz did. He's like, oh, my. I to help some other family members, man. That was, don't get me started on that, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I would have so, loved to be able to do that, man. Yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. Anyway, we always start the show. We have a tradition here of asking the question, what are you made of? So I'm going to do that now. What are you made of? Man, that's a good question, man. I would probably say uh, perspective and, and gratitude, right? Um, I consider perspective kind of the, the foundation for which we can build our lives and build better behavior, right? And, and, and it really drives everything we do. It's how we envision things and how we how we view things. And my dad used to always share with me, son, your actions will never be any better than your thinking. And so I knew I'd always adjust my thinking if I had some behavioral errors, man. And, and I'd say gratitude. And we can certainly dive in a little bit more about my own personal life, but um, uh, having a feeling and the notion that I've been living on borrowed time just because of some of the health conditions that I've been born with. I've got chronic heart disease. You can see the scar here represents a 50-50 um, chance that I made open heart surgery. And some other ailments that 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 came afterwards. So having a, just this extreme appreciation for just life, man. I always feel like I'm doing better than I deserve, and I always feel like I got more to give if I woke up that day. So, man, uh, perspective and gratitude, man. I love it. I love it. So, look, everybody's got a story, and I want to hear your story. So you can take us back to all the way back to diapers, 
And any, <laughs> anywhere in the, from there on up to present day, what's your story, though? Man, listen, I don't think I don't think I could do my, my life any justice as to where I am today if I wouldn't uh, recount how I got started, if you will. And there's two things that was probably extremely defining for me, man. It was one, um, the relationship that I got with my pops. That's my life coach, best friend, uh, mentor. He, he wears a lot of hats in my life. Actually, he's a family counselor and therapist as well. Um, and I'd say um, the gift of a heart condition that God gave me. I call it a gift. Not all gifts are wrapped in pretty packages. Mine wasn't, but it was something that actually still helped uh, propel me to where I am today. And so, um, so man, I'd say my relationship with Pops, man, having a, a solid mentor. We grew up um, in the hood, probably like most individuals did, man. We didn't grow up with a silver spoon. We did not grow up rich. We were quite, um, uh, we did not have a lot of money. Let's just say the least, brother. Yeah. Um, but, but actually, growing up in that environment that we did that was just written with crime, drugs, gang activity. Matter of fact, the biggest crack house, biggest um, trap house in our whole neighborhood or probably in our city was literally right across the street from my home. And watching my brother go in and out of jail, you know, dealing with gang activity, family members um, getting locked up, shot or killed. Um, it, it had a profound impact to a lot of but my father. He used to tell me all the time, man, you're, you're, you're growing up in the hood, but the hood won't grow up in you. And so it shifted, you know, my exposure, it shifted my perspective on some things. And that mentorship kind of guided me through. Um, and I'd also say, man, my, my heart condition that has defined me, man, I was born with chronic heart disease. I um, had open heart surgery as a child. And so um, I always had this sense of kind of living on borrowed time because I was supposed to go back for additional surgery in my teen years. Uh, went back to had that surgery, man, got great news that I did not have to have that surgery. Um, later on in life, um, developed some, some symptoms. Um, physicians diagnosed me with what was called Brugada syndrome. And I was just as confused when I heard it, man, but it was uh, AKA sudden death syndrome. That's where your heart just actually um, goes into a sudden cardiac arrest during your sleep. And um, that was very um, daunting information. It was very sobering to hear that. But I'll tell you, man, immediately when I heard that information, I'll never forget I was in my office downtown Tulsa looking at Main Street, sunny sky. And these are details you don't forget. My doctor shared that news with me. And I remember not feeling fearful, um, but also I, 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 didn't feel, um, I didn't feel sad either, right? I felt this keen sense of perspective. And I, I immediately had some things that my father used to share with me often. And he'd say, son, if you felt you were gonna die tomorrow, what would you do today? And so impact and legacy are the two words that kind of came to my mind after I made a couple phone calls. And when I tell you it's driven me, that happened in 2017. And having the idea that I could go to sleep and not wake up, it allowed me, um, even at an early age, to figure out, man, I want to die empty. I, I got something to do. I probably need to do it this Friday. I need to get it out of my system today because there is no guarantees for tomorrow. And so those things have driven me, man. Um, yeah. Not growing up with a whole lot, man, but growing up with a whole lot of ideas, a lot of love and a lot of support and not the ideal conditions has developed me into the individual that I am today. Man. Long answer to a short oh, question, man. brother. I could, listen, to... <laughs> I could listen to more. I could listen to more. No, so so we, did they keep you from playing sports? It did, man. I'll tell you what's funny, man. Um, it actually kept me from playing organized sports until I was like 14 years old. And then got into organized sports and was actually pretty decent at it, man. Got a chance to play high school ball at a, a very, very, very good high school. It was actually um, the years I went there, we were actually in the top 15 in the country. So got a chance to play against some really dope people with what, some good individuals. Uh, basketball, basketball. play basketball. And then martial arts my entire life. My dad was a 20 plus year martial martial art instructor, man. So he made us 
getting martial arts. We, I got three siblings. He said, we're going we're gonna to know how to defend ourselves and defend one another. And it was about the art and the discipline of it. Growing up in the neighborhood we did, he just wanted us to have a certain measure of discipline and a certain means of feeling confident about ourselves and our ability to take care of ourselves. So martial arts and then basketball all the way up to college and, and could not continue on with collegiate sports due to the heart condition. But now that's kind of where my passion for working in the sports and entertainment space came from. I, I didn't have any um, hoop dreams, man. I knew I was too late in the game for all that, but I still yeah. enjoyed sports much like a lot of people do, man. How but, tall are you? Oh, uh, six, three and a half. Okay. So you, you had the height, you had the height, had height, man. I don't know if you could tell, but like if people run into me in person, they're like, damn, man, I thought you were taller. I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, I'm almost five, seven, five, six. Three. I did play college football though. I did play college football. Yeah, so. there, there you go. That counts yeah. myself, man. Yeah, that counts so I got myself, something, man. Division three, but still, you know. Hey, brother, it's, but, it's the division. It's the school. <laughs> NCAA, baby. So uh, so uh, what role did your father play in getting you to where you are today and also getting out of the hood? Because like he said, he what, but like what really like I, you explained a little bit of it, but I want to dig a little deeper because, man, you know, the role that I play in my kid's life, man, is just I take that a serious responsibility with that every day I wake up and how I react to things when I don't feel like doing something, I do it anyway, because I want to show them more than my words too, like my actions, what I actually do so they know what to do. But I don't think most, most individuals who are parents, particularly fathers understand the real impact um, and the dynamics of fathering their children, whether it's a son or daughter, but particularly men, it provides the canvas, right? that they can paint their lives. And it also provides the blueprint, whether it's good or bad, right? It's impactful. You know, one of the things that my dad asked me when I was young, he said, son, we were looking, driving past something and he's never one to miss a uh, teachable moment. And, and so we passed by a billboard and he, and he looked at the billboard. We both looked at it. It was pretty dope for whatever reason. He said, son, you know the difference between a role model and a mentor? And I gave some answer I thought was real good. He was like, that's absolutely incorrect, son. He said that, a role model is somebody that's on the billboard, somebody that you see. A mentor is the one that gets you to the billboard, right? Or the one that actually lays out the blueprint, gives you the step-by-step, the guidance, the instructions, the mentorship, the counseling, um, the feedback. They become more or less the blind spot monitors in your life because we all have them. And so that bit of navigation is what helped me walk through and work through um, a lot of the different areas of my growth and my development as a man. So there's not an area of my life that his thumbprint is not there, right? Now, as a man and as an adult, we do have the ability to make our own decisions, but because of the initial outline of manhood that he established, it's okay to get mentorship. Matter of fact, if you can't find a physical mentor, you need to get a rocket fuel book and let that become your mentor from afar, let's go, right? Let's go. Because I remember one time he told me, man, and, I, and, I, and again, it's impacted me so much that I can't share my own story without sharing how he's impacted. And this right. is the kind of imprint that you're making on your kids. Like, I'm not a parent. I don't have children. I've got 10 beautiful nieces and nephews. So I can't speak from being a father, but I can speak from being father. And I'm telling you what you're doing in your kids is producing me. It's producing a Marquay in a sense, right? Yeah. And so that is, has just laid the foundation, man, for everything, for just how I think through problems, right? Mm-hmm. It laid the blueprint how I respond to problems that I can't even control. It allowed the blueprint, right? It, it, yeah. it set the perspective. And yeah. so he, like I said, he's made impacts. I don't make too many decisions um, without getting good sound counsel. And, and I have my own core 
individuals who can guide and counsel me that I trust, their maturity, their experience and their perspective. And I go to them and he's usually my numero uno, even if it's not in an area of business. Um, as he used to share with me all the time, man, most things in life is common sense. It's hard because we're making it hard. So I at least try to get a common sense perspective of how I'm making some complex decision. And so it usually um, enabled me to, you know, kind of guide through. And, you know, another thing, man, it gave me a, a way to think through things. Right. Because one of the things that I was taught is he, he'd say often, man, don't don't be uh, more interested in what I do. And he said, and I share this to my young guys often as I'm mentoring them financially and in their business. I say, I'm not so much interested in you doing what I do and parroting that. I'm more interested in you thinking how I think. Mm-hmm. Because if the situation changes, what I did last time, what you did last time may not be applicable. But if you're thinking like this, then you can navigate your way. You'll know what discernment looks like and you'll know how to get from a to B in this particular, you know, scenario. And yeah. so again, that impact is inseparable from what I even do today and how I'm impacting other people. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I see that. I see that. So I don't necessarily need to know how you got into financial management because I have an idea, but how did you get into working with celebrities and, and athletes? Man, I'll tell you, man, um, like most things in life, I don't want to say happenstance, but good timing, right? Um, mm-hmm. I had been in this space for a few years, kind of carved out a niche in working with physicians and working with high net worth individuals that, that were either high earners or had come across a lot of wealth. And so I'd understood the nature of working with money and doing investment planning and all that good stuff. But I'll tell you, man, I ran into um, an old friend of mine. He actually was older than me and I went to school with my older brother um, and he was in law, sports law. And he had understood, he knew me, knew my reputation, my family. And so I'm at Quick Trip. And I'm going to give a Quick Trip shout out because one of their, their founders is a good friend and mentor of mine. Um, but, but I was at Quick Trip and, and he said, Bo, what's going on, man? You're still in the, you know, in the wealth management space. I got a kid that's coming out of college. Um, he's he's going he's gonna to do real well in the draft. I'd love for you to sit down with him and his family. He's deciding his own team, but I'd love for you to have a shot at it. Man, I remember, um, he dude gave me his number. I followed up with this dude, C-Rock. For about four or five months, this dude never called me back. Man, I was so disappointed and ticked off. I'd be honest. I'm like, man, how you going to get a brother excited about an opportunity like this and just don't return? I was like the jaded dude, right? Right, right. Yeah, I got a number from a girl. She just goes to me. <laughs> yep. but, uh, but, man, he called me out of the blue, man. She talking about preparation. He called me out of the blue one day and said, hey, come by the office. I want to interview you. Kids want to interview. I go in this office, man. I got all the biggest of the biggest firms. Then I'm working for a boutique firm at the time. Biggest of the biggest, biggest firms. Um, so I come in there, they had stacks. I'm talking about this big, bro. I come in there with a stack of uh, 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 three sheets of paper with a notebook about that thing. And I say, Hey man, most things in life is common sense. Most of these guys is it's hard cause they make it hard, man. Here, here's how I envision this thing. About three weeks later, the, the kid decided to go with me. He went first round draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys, man. And, and, and it just developed from there. So I didn't have a, an intention on working with professional athletes, but once I got in there, did extremely well by him and for him. Still a client to this day. Um, he and his family since retired. Um, and it's, it's, I've been fortunate and blessed, man, have grown to represent about 40 or well over 40 professional athletes. We've got um, 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 big time um, actresses and actors and championship they, boxers. They, no, but they all came through that one player. Like eventually it was a network. Eventually that. it just, the network grew and yeah, it grew yeah. over years, um, mm-hmm. but it grew from one player. It yeah, from one player, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, it did not grow overnight. It grew over time, but it grew from one player. I maximized that opportunity. And I'll tell you what's even funny about it, too. That particular player was a laid back, quiet, young dude, kid, man. 
he did not refer me like a ton of athletes. He didn't do bad by me. He's still a client today. My little brother, I love the dude to death. Mm-hmm. And he gave me my first opportunity, right? Uh, but it was me maximizing that moment and leveraging that experience and something what could be considered small, one athlete, and was able to build that out to a significant practice today. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Gotcha. Yeah, I love it, man. That's fr- so. So then from there, the pressure didn't get to you because you felt like confident already because what you, you mentioned something about timing and right time and all that. I don't believe in that, man. I believe that you are where you are right now because of the decisions that you made, the thoughts you had, the actions you took in the past, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And so when these opportunities come, it's because of things you did. Because here's the thing. I think that responsibility, 100% responsibility leads to success. So mm-hmm. if you're going to take responsible, responsibility for some of the things you messed up and the bad things that happened, you got to also be able to take care or take responsibility for the good things that happened and the successes that right. you had, right? Right. So, right? So let me disagree with you there. I don't think that it was timing. I think you know this too. It's based mm-hmm. on what you did. Oh, no, no doubt. And as my pop said, man, I don't agree with you 100%. I agree with you a thousand percent in that analysis, mm-hmm. in that assessment. And when I mean timing, it was the time happened. And I was in position to take advantage of yeah, that timing. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. It, it's amazing. And for clarification, it's amazing how many times and opportunities you get when you're prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like this magical correlation between my preparation and luck happening. Well, because I don't believe in luck. I believe in, to your point, you getting in positioning to maximize an opportunity when your time happened. It's like Tiki Barber, when he said he first got in the game, it was because somebody, um, you know, got injured or something. He wasn't getting started. He was already in the league. But he said at that moment, once he started, he never didn't start again because he was preparing for his time to get on the field. Right. He'd already been practicing. Right. He'd already been getting reps. He'd already gotten drafted. People didn't see his tapes. But it took him years. But once he got that moment and it was like that time happened. So the timing of preparation. So I agree with you a thousand percent on that, man. You, you've got to okay. be prepared. And you've got to take responsibility because there are some things that you can't control. So, so you cannot control who you were born to, or where you were born. There's environmental things that you have no say so in a certain period or a certain time or season of your life. Those are facts. Yep. And so what happens when you move past that phase, it becomes one of those moments. <laughs> My dad mentored me and said, son, uh, God did not allow me to use the truth as an excuse to be a failure. Like, so at some point in your life, we do not have permission to use those bits of truth as an excuse to fail and be a continued failure or fail in some areas in our lives. It's like, well, I didn't have the best growing up. Okay. So did freaking millions of other people who made it right. So what, so yep. what next, right? Like, yep. so, so that energy and that mindset and perspective, um, it, it should um, supplant or replace, you know, those excuses. So I agree with you 1000%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every decision you make, even in your youth, right? No one is making you do anything. Now, there are some things that are enticing you, tempting you, and prodding you, and also influencing you, but we still have the volition. It's one of the greatest def- words in the human vocabulary is volition, the power to choose. Yeah. yeah. Options that I can decide between. Volition, right? So yeah. I agree with you. And what about uh, belief? Because you couldn't have done it if you didn't believe before you saw it. Two things. Two things about that. Uh, belief 
and someone planting the seed of belief in me as well. Because I don't believe belief comes out of thin air. I think belief comes from exposure to something to believe in. This is why mentorship is important. This is why I go back in my hood. This is why I just bought 25 acres um, and along with my church to, to build a community center. They have to see me to say, I believe that I can get out of the hood like him. So I'll intentionally, I don't get scared. I'll drive my you know, six-figure car and go back to my neighborhood and drive it and say, what's up, dudes? What up, Brody? You good? Right. And then have these or when I mentor kids that live in the hood, I'm going to drop them off in my car just so he can get an exposure of sitting in leather and suede ceilings and massages in his seats. And as materialistic as that sounds, but it's exposure at, at that moment that I can give him something to believe past what he's currently seeing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I can adjust yeah. his vision and his perspective to say, damn, how did you get this, man? Right. And then we can actually have that conversation. Glad you asked yeah. that, man. These moments right now, then we can dive in. Right. But but That's yeah, it. belief was critical because belief plays into your perspective. Your yeah, you, have to, you, 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 you had to get them to, to everybody. All, all mentees have to like want help. They have to understand help is a good thing and ask mm-hmm. for help. How did you do mm-hmm. this? Can you help me show me? And if yeah. they don't do that and they shut off, then you can't do anything. That's the first step is get them to understand that help is a good thing. And it changes everything. Like, so you, you're speaking about the car. Well, I was in a 10X Growth Con last year with Grant Cardone in Las Vegas. And they had a private party for, for some of the ticket holders. And, and we didn't know where we, were, where we were going. And we went to this airplane hangar at the executive airport. And that's where they dropped the bus. The bus dropped us off there that night. And we walked in and they had a party there. And Rick Ross was in there performing. And inside the hangar was the GS550, Grant Cardone's GS550, all lit up and shiny. And the reason he did that was so that we could all see it's real. It's not just on Instagram, yeah. all this stuff. It's real. Go, t- go yeah. touch it. Look at it. Take a yeah. picture. Of it. Yeah. And, and yeah. that changed a lot for me, man. It's the same thing. Cause I know where Grant came from. You right. Know? Right. Louisiana, poor town, Louisiana lost his dad when he's like, I can do that, man. I can do right. that. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, That's that was, it. That, no, that, oh, that exposure, man. It, it aids in the belief. Cause I, I, I truly believe that intrinsically we're all born with greatness. We're all engineered for a certain measure of success right? We all have it. It's the discovery of it and then the belief in it, right? And at times we need individuals, we need exposure, we need ideas to help expose that greatness or discover that greatness within inside of us and then expose us to, I can develop this and turn this in. I can activate it kind of like the rocket fuel. I can turn this into something. I can't just sit on the idea, ideas that are not transmuted or transmitted into action. It's just a thought. It's a daydream, right? It's, right? it's a possibility. It's, it's potential energy. It's not energy in motion, which in science is called kinetic energy. It's not, it's not doing, it's not making impact. And yeah. so we, we have to do that. So whether you get it naturally or you go get it yourself, you got to get it. So go get a book, go, go get a, do your vision. Well, I haven't done one because I, I just had a vision in my mind as of what I want to see, but I did see people. I did go online. I, did look at magazines. I did listen to podcasts. I saw successful people. I heard how they thought through issues and, and how they thought through problems and how they addressed their success and how they turned their failures into learning moments instead of the lost lessons, right? And so that, that gave me the exposure and energy that I needed and excitement to say, man, bet I can do this. I can run my own financial institution in an environment where only 1% of everybody in this business looks like me. I'm a minority in this business. They only have 1% of individuals in this business that look like African-Americans, that are African-Americans that look like me. That's, that can be intimidating in itself. 
how do I get access to capital? I don't need it. I saved it. Right. So I'll put my own six, I'll drop my own six figures, my own business, create my own capital because I had the exposure to think through that. Right. Yep. When I see the Mr. Johnson's and the BETs and, and the bridge, like all these individuals that, that are not as well known within, you know, the African-American communities are a hundred millionaires and millionaires and, and billionaires. I say, man, I see somebody that looks like me and I can relate to that. So I know I can do it. And I've got boots on the ground that can mentor me and help me navigate how I get there. That's the billboard. Mm-hmm. It's a role model. Yep. Mentorship is what kind of helped me get there and get here. Yeah. Can I just say like, you're inspiring to me, man, because, and, and anybody that comes from, you know, it's tough. It's tough growing up lag. I know that. I, I mean, I, I don't know what exactly it's like, but I know it's not right. easy. I know right. people look at names on freaking resumes with different, right. different than they're used right. to, like Johnny and whatever. Right. I know that. And so you're inspiring me, man. And I, I just want to let you know that. And I'll, I'm proud of what you did in your life. I haven't known you that long, but just the story, man. And it just makes <laughs> me feel good, man. And I, I wanted to tell you that when you started working with celebrities and things though, did you ever have a moment where you're like, holy cow, wow. Like <laughs> this, 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 this town and now I'm here and it's like, just really take it all in kind of thing. Man, I'm still in awe about that. To be honest with you, man, because in my mind, I'm still just this guy, right? But I love that position because it keeps me anchored to humility. Yeah. So I, I try to revel in that, right? Because one of the things that I knew very keenly, um, and I didn't hear no audible voice from, from the man upstairs, but I knew this keenly that I was an influencer of influences. I think it's, it's imperative that we all get a sense of what our purpose is, right? Yeah. That we know exactly what it is because when you know the purpose of a thing, that thing inherently becomes more valuable, right? When you can narrow down a specific purpose in any item, it now the intrinsic value increases, okay? So for instance, when you take sand on a beach, as plentiful as it is and as free as it is on every beach in the United States of America, around the world. It's just free. It's just sand. And you just take a picture of it. It's dope. But you take the sand, same, same sand and glue it to a sheet of paper. Now it's worth $5 because it's sandpaper in a hardware store. <laughs> and you start a business selling yeah, that. And you yeah. take the same sand and you, and you melt it to silicone. It becomes a multi-billion dollar business opportunity because it's the thing that drives the computing devices that we're communicating on to this day, the silicone that comes out of sand. So the more narrow you can focus down a purpose, the more value you can extract and derive from that thing. And so when I identified my purpose, I said, I'm valuable. So I know I'm good. Like I don't need validation from taking pictures with celebrities. I'm usually managing the finances of the people that are most celebrated. That's enough for me, right? So I don't need the pats on everyone's back. I don't need that. I've got enough intrinsic value because I know what my purpose is. So I can get narrowly focused on that as opposed to what other people are identifying my value to be. And so I have those moments as moments of appreciation, but it does kind of come at odds that man, these people trust me with their lives. They call me before any major decisions that are made in their lives. Yeah. And they get navigated by a, a poor black dude from North Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's how we started out to become an honors graduate from a private division one university that can speak two languages and where I'm in today to be able to be a full blessing to my family and my community and all the individuals that I'm stewarding their finances and their careers. That's super dope. And it's, it's humbling to me. And so, yeah, I have those pre- long answer to a short question. Yes, sir. I had those appreciative yeah. moments where I take it all in, man. And then I got to keep it moving because somebody else is dependent on the answer that I give them. Yep. 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 Well, look, two more questions before I get to the final one. And these are short ones. 
One, have you ever had an athlete, one of these fellas come to you and say, Marquay, dude, I bought this watch and my mom is going to kick my ass. He has the money. He probably shouldn't be spending on it. He has the money. (laughs) My mom's going to kick my ass. You got to help. You ever had that situation happen? (laughs) Yeah, that's not a situation you can name, but I have an air, brother. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, that was the quick one. That was the quick one. We'll leave that there. And then the other question I had for you was, what is like the next big thing? Like what's out there that's like your big thing that you're going for? Mm, man, uh, growth within the company that I have, I've got this vision of kind of building a conglomerate, if you will. Got a few ideas that I've, that's been in the oven, been baking, and it's, the timer's about to go off. Um, so I want to fully maximize the growth of what I'm doing today. I don't believe an individual should move past the season that they're in if they haven't mastered it. They're taking on too much. So once I fully master this, I've got two more um, um, organizations, if you will, affiliate organizations that I want to grow. And then honestly, I want to hit the road, man, and actually do my part to encourage, to educate and inspire people to maximize their gifts and to, and to actually redistribute their, inf- their wealth of information and who they are and their voice to their communities and start community mentorship programs across the country, or at least take and leverage my access to entertainers and athletes to do that. Um, but yeah, um, content creation is kind of the next big deal for me, man. And um, I've got a company ideal and some some really influential individuals that we're looking to partner with in building this, continue to build this out, what, what I have right before me, man. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you for answering that question, man. So before I go into the final rocket fuel question, how can my audience engage with you or where's the best place to find you? Instagram or Ooh, man, it's, I'd say Instagram. And if you like 50 and older Facebook, no, I'm, I'm teasing. It's not, <laughs> I still, you know, I'm getting back more intentional. So oh, I'd say man. Instagram. And if you're on Clubhouse, I am more active on Clubhouse than any other platform. Although I haven't been as active in the last two weeks, it's been very intentional because I've had a lot of stuff to do. It's tax season now. I've had to get my staff, you know, to narrow in. We've had a lot of weather, inclement weather things that's kind of taking us offline. But I'm um, getting back on that in the next week or so. Uh, but Instagram, Clubhouse, if you're there, and even Facebook. All right. All right. Go, go support Marquay, guys. Thank him for coming on the What Are You Made Of podcast. And last question, what does the rocket fuel concept mean to you about converting anything that's designed or you think is designed to stop you, convert it into rocket fuel to blast off for your future? Man, I love it. It lines up with my worldview that what any enemy meant for evil, you know, my creator meant for my good, right? That's, that's, that's my worldview. That's my philosophy, which it's rocket fuel, that, which means I'm taking anything you meant to stop me, block me, or preclude me from getting where I'm going, I'm going to literally break that down to its element and use that as petrol to fuel me to get to my next destination. So you can't do this. Bet. I appreciate you giving me 93 octane because this, this car that I'm driving in life, a proverbial car, it's premium. So it takes premium gas. So the more hate you give, the more you do that. It's just 90, it's 91 and 93 octane. So I don't think we can actually get past the moment of where we are right now and get to the next season and stage of life if we don't learn how to convert, right, those negative moments into lessons, those losses into lessons and learning moments and turn it into the fuel, right, that's going to get us to the next level of life. You can't envision anything without having some stairs to climb to get there. And then you might as well anticipate some bad weather, something that's trying to trip you up as you're climbing, man. So if you don't learn how to take that, you literally will not get where you're going. It's, it's, a, it's a happy dream. And if that makes you happy, all be it. So be it. But don't plan on converting that into where you're going if you can't take it to, and transmit it to rocket fuel. 
Well said, man. Well said. Thank you for answering that question. Thank you for being here, man. And I look forward to developing a relationship with you. I don't know if you know yes, this. Sir. I had this thing when I was a kid that I was going to help celebrities and NBA and uh, NFL and baseball players. When I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to help them if they ever have trouble with their mindset. And this is like something because if I, I wasn't going to make it, I was five, six and three quarters. I'm going to do that. So that's something that I've been thinking about for days. So you, you ever want to do anything with me, man, or ever, you need anything, just me to come speak somewhere. I'll do it anytime, any place. You just holler, okay? Man, let's, let's connect, man. I, I believe in building networks. They say the network is your net worth, right? That's it's right. what allows you to establish wealth, past finances, man. Relationships are kind of the conduit of the vehicle that gets you um, to where you're trying to go, man. So it's let's do it, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marquay. C-Rock, we've been here uh, on the What Are You Made Of podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Go tell your friends and family. Go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. C-Rock, Mike C-Rock at uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube if you want to watch these. And other than that, go get that Rocket Fuel book. Till next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCrock.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.